Hello everyone, I just want to give you guys a quick note regarding this episode. So Three Crows' upcoming production of the Danish play was going to happen this spring, and we set the dates in this episode, but because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, the show is being postponed. Um, so to make it up, we are going to update you guys with new dates um, when we know uh, immediately. Uh, so until then, stay safe, support local theaters, support live theaters, uh, enjoy this episode. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I'm your host, Matthew Schufreiter, and Connor this week is on Shark Week, so she is not around. But luckily for you, I am not alone. I am joined by my friend, fellow director, former, former, current actor as well, uh, and also the host of a former podcast, Jake Jones. Jake, thank you so much for joining me. Just happy to be here. <laughs> I can sense it. Uh-huh. So, like I said, you had a podcast at one point. Yes, it was called uh, The Bit Part, Ooh. and it was about bit players and sitcoms. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How was that? What was that like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. That's the cool. unsung heroes of sitcoms we talked about. Oh, cool. Any big bits you got on, or...? Any big bits? Uh, we did everything from like you know random Seinfeld characters uh, up to like Stars Hollow oh. on um, Gilmore Girls. So Very we got cool. we got conceptual of like how a town could be a bit <laughs> or bit part. I love it. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I asked Jake to be on it is because he has worked with this company of our guest today, Selena Lopez. Selena is the artistic director of Three Crows Theater, a little pay-what-you-can theater company in Chicago that has a pretty big voice, I think. Jake, you work with them on the show Language of Angels, correct? That is correct. Yeah, what was that experience like? Uh, it was a great experience, yeah. Just uh, they do unique Unique shows, I would say. Yeah. 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 So we're going to learn a lot about Three Crows, uh, how they come up with that, and what they're doing uh, uh, next. Uh, Selena, how was she grew up? What was, why did she want to become an actress? And what was her time like in New York? Because she went to school there. I did not know that. So uh, listen away, listeners. Hello, Selena. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Have you been on many podcasts before? Um, I think I've done two. Okay. I think this is my third or my second. I think I can't remember. Numbers, numbers don't <laughs> lie. Yeah, so you are the current and founder, artistic director of Three Crows. I am. Yeah, it's been going around for a couple of years now, correct? Um, yeah, we founded in 2014, and mm-hmm. then we did our first show in 2015. You know, you found yourselves, and then you just stand around for a little while staring at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our first show in 2015, and then uh, April we'll be doing our ninth show. So oh, very cool. it's been a few years. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Uh, and uh, that, that was a good general question because now I'm just ready to go dive into your life. <laughs> um, where did you grow up? I grew up about an hour north of here. I okay. grew up in Lake County, like where Great America is. Mm-hmm. And we can absolutely tell when you're not from the area because you say Six Flags and we're like, okay. <laughs> who's? Oh, you're not from here. Um, so we all call it Great America. And if you're really old, you call it Marriott's because it used to be owned by Marriott. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. That's how I qualify it. But um, I grew up in the Chandler Lakes area on Fox Lake mm-hmm. uh, in an unincorporated area called Lotus Woods, which um, you, it, right on Grass Lake where Blarney's Island is. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever been to Blarney's Island. What is Blarney's it, Island? It yeah. is a 
island. It's a man-made island, and basically there are like boat races, and it's a bar. And Great. you, the island's take, a bar. Yes, and you can take off your bra and like put it on the wall, and it's like, a, it's like spring break kind uh, of thing. Uh. <laughs> it's like woo, take off your bra. <laughs> Um, but there, I mean, it can get a little family friendly, but I grew up. <laughs> I like I the words, it I don't, can. I don't know. I, I mean, I've been there as a kid. I didn't spend a lot of time there, but um, people do bring their children there. I don't know if I would highly recommend that, but they do have some days that are like family days, like on Sundays. It's well, like that's, a good, that's a good day. Things like that. So I grew up in that area. It's an unincorporated area. You know, you can burn your garbage. Well, and is that the hallmark of an unincorporated area? Yeah, so you can burn your <laughs> like, one of the big things, like, we don't have a real government here, so thank God we can burn our garbage. You can burn your garbage. Mm. Um, I grew up there. Uh, I grew up in Fox Lake, and then my parents had grown up in Round Lake, which is right adjacent. Yeah. So I grew up, I like to say I'm from Fox Lake, Round Lake. Oh. So about 15, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 minutes West of Great America, Gurney Mills. Yeah. So it's about an hour from here. Are you familiar with Gray's Lake? Yes. Because that's where I grew up as a child. Did you? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, Round Lake's right next to Gray's Lake. It's their neighbors. Round Lake and Gray's Lake are rivals in the high school. Do you call it Great America or Six Flags? Next question. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be a generational thing. Flags. I bet it's generational are thing. Are you originally from there? No. We grew up, we grew up in Evanston. Okay. So, and then we moved to Gray's Lake, ooh, 2003, somewhere around there. Um, okay. And then my parents still live there because I still have three other siblings. My cousin lives in Gray's Lake. My okay. grandpa actually grew up in Gray's Lake. Really? He did. He grew up in Gray's Lake. He went to Gray's Lake High School and all that good stuff. Wait, yeah. Which high school? Just the original one. Okay. It used to be only one high school. Yeah, because now there's two. And now Gray's Lake North, but it used to only be one, you know, one high school. But my grandpa went there. He played basketball for that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, I went to Central okay. and peaked. Um, <laughs> sorry, I said on the microphone. Yes, anyway, so I went to uh, Grant and I went to Round Lake. Okay, but I went to Round Lake first, then I grad I graduated from Grant. Oh, very cool. And what did your parents do? Uh, my dad was a drywaller. Okay, in construction. Um, he was like a five foot five, you know, stocky little man with very large arms because he held hundred pound sheets of drywall. Uh, my husband, who functions as our TD for Three Crows, actually learned to build from my dad. Oh, very My cool. husband used to work with my dad when we were in college, and that's kind of where he learned some of his early skills. So my dad passed away like 12 years ago, so it's uh, kind of fun to watch Nate like build things because he learned it from my dad, and my yeah, dad's not here anymore, nice. so it's yeah. kind of cool. And he's like, I learned this from your dad, and he gets really excited <laughs> about it, because Nate and I have been together since college. Wow. Yeah. So... um yeah, we've been together a long time. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. And my mom um, stayed home with us for most of the time. And then she, you know, she bartended and worked at Jules. You know, at the Jules. And, you know, she did whatever she could and uh, to, you know, keep us, keep us going. Very cool. And where do you think the bug, the art bug you think started for you? Um, I remember very specifically okay. when I was four, I was watching The Wizard of Oz. And I saw Judy Garland, and I cockily thought, I could do that. <laughs> well, many years later, yeah. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot do what Judy Garland did. Um, excuse me, but I was in the sixth grade, and I went to the Marriott Lincolnshire with my class on a field trip, mm -hmm. and I saw the Diary of Anne Frank. And I, that was the first time that I was like, oh, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't do that for a long time. 
I was a dancer when I was a kid. I danced. Uh, I took tap belly and jazz and um, I took a break from that. And then when I started college, which I also went to the College of Lake County. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do they call it Six Flags there or? I mean, I it's, it's a very good community college, but I went there and I started, I realized I could never be a dancer because I had missed all the formative years. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't do all the cool stuff that everybody else could. Uh, I had rhythm and that was about it and that wasn't going to save me. So I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor, but I was a little afraid to try. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned for a show and I got one line. My line was good morning. I did get a note on it. <laughs> yes. And, um, that was also the show that I met my husband. He was doing side of stage, stagehand stuff. He was working the fly system. Oh, very cool. And he walked past me. And I remember I was wearing a gem and the holograms t-shirt. He walked past me. I looked at him and said, oh, shit, I'm going to marry him. And like I knew right then and there. And then I just started doing more shows. I was 20 when I started acting. So I was pretty late. Mm-hmm. So I was, pre- I was pretty late when I started acting. But yeah. Yeah, and how did your parents feel about you wanting to commit to the arts? Um, well, I had gone through a couple of different majors, and I worked all through college and stuff. I didn't come from a very well-off family. We were poor. And so we didn't see a lot of theater or do anything like that. But when I finally told my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an actor. My mom was like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Seriously. I don't know why you ever thought you were going to be a teacher. You have no patience. (laughs) (laughs) So my parents parents were always really, really supportive. Dad didn't really understood what understand what I did. My dad was from San Antonio. Um, you know, my dad's uh, first language was Spanish, and mm-hmm. you know, he was very Americanized and stuff. And he was born in San Antonio and stuff. But for him to like get on stage and like do words was very interesting for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and even back in the two thousand, early two thousands, or the nineties, or especially the eighties, you know, we didn't see a lot of people that looked like him or, you know, that I could relate to on stage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, we had Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. Literally. Yeah. So, but you saw Judy Garland and then you saw Anne Frank. So what was it about those things where you were like, oh. I could do that. And then you say later on, you're like, well, I can't, I can't do, do, Judy do Judy Garland. Well, how would you compare and contrast yourself to Judy Garland and Anne Frank <laughs> is my question. <laughs> I think it was just more of the storytelling. of. It. I think at four, I was like, you know, thought I could do it. And God, Julie Garland, oh, yeah, no, I was dreaming. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Anne Frank, I think it was more of the storytelling of it that I could go out there and, and do that because, you know, she would step forward and do these monologues. And I remember I was sitting in the front or second row and I just remember her having me in the palm of her hand. I don't know if anybody else was, but I mm. was enthralled and I was like, okay, I could do this. I could really do this. Um, and I've always kind of been a storyteller and I'm a chatty person and um, that doesn't necessarily translate into good acting, but I don't know. I just thought I could do it. I didn't try for another eight years. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. but you knew you could. I like I did a play in fifth grade or something and I sang a song about the Pony Express that was like, <laughs> that was the second little pig in a third grade production of the three little pigs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, so stuff was happening. Yeah. There's some men of a building. But I didn't grow up in an area. I mean, you know, Fox Lake and Round Lake. Yeah. Those weren't areas where you have, um, we didn't have drama club and we didn't have, 
you know, there was one musical in the spring and mm-hmm. there were ringers who got those. And so we didn't have a lot of, there was no, there was not a lot of opportunity to explore that until college, to be real honest. Yeah. And there wasn't even straight plays in, in my high schools. Mm-hmm. It was literally a musical and I've never really enjoyed musicals that much. Please don't come after me. I just don't really particularly care for them. Well, you like Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I love Wizard of Oz, but I'm just not a huge, I love Hamilton. Like there are certain things that I do love, but I'm just. For me, I'm just not super drawn to musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my first show I did was Alice in Wonderland. I was the fish footman. Does anyone know who the fish footman is? The fish footman? No. no. See, because he has one line. His line was, for the Dutchess, an invitation to play croquet. That was fifth grade, and I was so nervous, I spoke <laughs> British and almost acted like a fish. So I would talk like fish the entire time because I was so nervous. Is that supposed to be British? I never took a dialect class. <laughs> I never told you it was good. That was my version of British tape. I had terrible stage fright when I first started acting. Like, yeah. I remember getting up and I had took a couple of acting classes at CLC. Thank you. Um, and I remember getting up and then the teacher just being like, Selena, go sit down. Because I was um, green. Like, mm. I literally, she was like, I honestly thought you were going to throw up. Wow. wow. I remember being so nervous that I, I was like, I would shake. Mm-hmm. I still, before I go out on stage, I, I, I'm like, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. I was like, how did you overcome that? But like, I never like? really have. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I never really have. I, you know, I'm better than I was because now I kind of know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I think. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely still suffer. Yeah, well, you went after CLC shout out. Uh, <laughs> you went to Parkside, uh, not Parkside, Whitewater. Whitewater. Yes, and that's you dub dub. <laughs> and what was your time like there? Oh, Whitewater! It was the best. I mean, I was already a mom when I went to Whitewater because oh. I have a daughter, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was already a mama. My daughter was ten months old when I started at Whitewater, and I was. I picked it because it was near where my mom lived Mm -hmm. and it had a theater department and that is all I knew. I didn't check out the theater department. I didn't visit it. Like I was just like, oh, Whitewater's near my mom and it has a theater department. Cool. And I got really, really lucky. It was the stupidest, blindest decision I've ever made. And I got really lucky Um, because there I fell in with, Angela Yanone, who is an amazing um, actor and director and playwright, and she's no longer there. But and then Jim Butchart, who uh, passed away a couple of years ago, his son is actually our sound designer oh, for cool. Three Crows, um, an amazing teacher. And these were working actors, like these were people who were working actors and knew the business and knew what they were doing, and they had a wonderful foundation from them of just what to do, what not to do as an actor, um, what's expected of you, you know, just the, just the, the terms. I feel like so often, and even when I was in grad school, there were some people who went to undergrad for theater, and I just kind of was like, what are you doing? Like, how do you not know this stuff? You know, you don't want to judge people, but at the same time, I'm really super grateful for them being like, nope. Can't do that. Got to do it this way. And and really just instilling that foundation into me. And that's where I did most of my acting work. I did a few things at CLC. I did a few bit parts. I played Andy and all my sons. That was like my big, my big one at CLC. And then I went to Whitewater and I just 
I'm so glad I went to a small college because I just acted, 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 acted all over the place. And I got that opportunity because it was a smaller department and um, really fortunate. And I love them. I don't really, actually, one of my classmates now teaches there. So that's kind of cool. But um, yeah. It, it was it was lovely, and I'm so glad I went there. <laughs> so yeah, go to Whitewater for well, I don't really know anybody there anymore, but we always call ourselves the Whitewater Mafia, and you know, at Three Crows we have a little agreement. Like if you went to Whitewater, you get a fast pass into getting an audition with us because we're so there you go, folks. We're yeah, like that. So, so our up and coming listeners, if you want to work in Chicago, <laughs> you went to Whitewater, you can come have an audition for us. And you know that actually worked out well for us for Terra Nova. We ended up auditioning somebody mm. and he had no resume like hardly nothing and we auditioned him because he's a whitewater kid and he ended up getting the part and he was wonderful he was he was great he was amazing same Ethan but it was just it was like he got he got the audition because he was a whitewater kid but he got the part because he was good so that's crazy man. I know nepotism at its time yeah there you go <laughs> connections um what so being in school and having a 10 month old daughter yeah. what was I don't like? know how I did it. Like, yeah. you know, and people are like, well, you know, I, I am a big office fan. So like Jan's like, how do I run office purchasing for this hospital and take care of my daughter and record a, a an album of Doris Day covers on my own label? If I told you, I'd know. And that's how I feel about <laughs> how I went to undergrad with a baby because I don't. And did theater because I did a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Um, I did one show a semester. So, and I mean, I had... When I graduated, I had a three-year-old. So, <laughs> and you know, my husband was pretty awesome, and but he also went to Whitewater. He also acted, and we were in some of the same shows. So I don't know how I did it. I think I was just young and dumb and thought I could. Yeah. Now I know better. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not possible. But you know, I had a lot of really, you know, we paid a lot for babysitters, and I brought her to class with me sometimes. And really? um, my mom was about 45, 40, 30, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'd have to bring her down there and go pick her up. We did a lot of driving. I also worked. I worked at the Jamesville Olive Garden. Thank you. Um, so I worked and, you know, I just honestly thought that I could do it all. And mm-hmm. I tried and I somehow did. <laughs> How did your parents feel about you going through this, you think? Um, I think they were fine with it. I mean, my parents were always really super supportive. Like I said, my mom would babysit and stuff. Um. And my dad was always really proud. One time somebody, I introduced, introduced my dad to a director and um, I was like, you know, this is my dad and this is this person. And the the director was like, what did you think of your daughter up there? And my dad was not a bullshitter. He was a cancer. He just was not. And he looked at her and goes, I always knew she was a star. Uh. <laughs> oh my God, dad. So that was just, you know, my dad was just a uh, ding. Mm. Gotta close those programs, man. Now I know. <laughs> you ever do that during a show, though? Because we use our Mac to run Q Lab, and I'd yeah. be like, ding! Like, like uh, I forgot to have Becky close my email. <laughs> 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 or uh, Amanda, whoever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my, my parents are always super supportive. I mean, they knew it was hard, so that's I think that's why they were also very supportive of like babysitting and mm-hmm. just. Yeah. The struggle. Yeah. They struggle. Yeah. So. Now, uh, as the son of a plumber, um, uh, myself, uh, did, did your dad, was he a theater person? Did he get, like, because my father, he, he is supportive. He's seen almost everything I've done. But it's interesting because, like, the more artsy stuff, 
sometimes it'll surprise me and he'll really love it. And other times he'll be like, Jaker, you're going to keep doing Shakespeare all the time. <laughs> so how, how is that with your, with oh, your father? Well, he's been gone 12 years now. Oh, okay. Um, 12 years course, in February. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit, he saw a lot of stuff I did in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He died in 2008 and I graduated in 2006. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that Three Crows, he would have been really, really proud. And he mm. would have come to see everything. He wouldn't understand a goddamn thing. He would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, uh-huh. And he would have been the first one in the front row, like, clapping away. Because he just would have been like, that's my kid. And she's like, she's like fucking doing she's shit. She's a star. Yeah. Like, she's, she's a star. I knew she's it. Doing, <laughs> she's doing this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mom, <laughs> I had a solo in the first grade. Um, I sang Silent Night in our Christmas pageant and my mom waited till all the audience left and then went around and picked up every single program that people left behind. And she still does that. And I'm like, mommy, mom, I have like 700 programs in the back. We can just give you a few. It's fine. (laughs) But she doesn't do it so much anymore. But when I was, even in in college, like when she would come to shows, she would like pick up all the extra programs and Mm. stuff. But my dad, he may not have understood it, but he just liked to see me up there Mm. doing things. He used to, Gosh, she used to make me sing songs for people at the grocery stores and stuff. He'd be like, oh, she's so cute because my hair was curly and I was little and I have, you know, pretty pale skin and my hair is very dark. And he'd be like, oh, your daughter looks like doll. She sings too. And I, you know, bust out like Michael Jackson's Beat It and stuff. And those ladies probably hated to see me come in. They were like, oh, gosh, here she comes. But yeah, my dad would be like. Show him, show him, Selena, show him. <laughs> and did the arts ever just run in the family, like grandparents at all, or? or? Um, my grandmother is an artist, a visual artist, though. She started. She's kind of like Grandma Moses. She took an art. She took a watercolor class at the at the um, park district, mm-hmm. and she has all these beautiful watercolors that she's painted of different things, farms and stuff. And so that's kind of neat. She can't hold a tune in a bucket. Don't tell her I said that, but um, she knows. Uh, my mom can sing. My mom has a nice voice and her dad could sing. And he, we have a few pictures of him singing with his sisters. Um, he was like one of 14, grew up on a farm in Vermont. And so he could sing, but no, the arts weren't something, um, other than like music. My dad loved music. My dad, my dad would have driven to the ends of the earth to go see. My dad had tickets to go with his brother to go see Stevie Ray Vaughan at Alpine Valley. And my uncle sold them because somebody offered them double face. And my uncle sold them. And it was the night that Stevie Ray Vaughan went down in his plane crash. Wow. And my dad my dad and my uncle would, like, get drunk on Christmas. And, like, my dad would be like, you sold our Stevie Ray Vaughan tickets. <laughs> and they would, like, scream at each other and yell. And my dad never, the day he died, he never forgave him. He also <laughs> did a 10-minute jam session with um, Eric Clapton. And Oh, wow. Whoa. At yeah. that, it, was a, it was like a 15-minute jam session of, like, Sweet Home Chicago and, like, the Moody Blues came out or something. It was, like, Muddy Waters. Like, it was something ridiculous looking up Wiki it. And my dad was like, you sold our tickets. He once drove all the way to Milwaukee with bald tires and, like, no brakes to go see REO Speedwagon. Like, my dad would have done anything and everything to go see music. So music was a big thing for my family, but not, like, you know, theater. Mm-hmm. We didn't really go to the movies very much. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why I am the way I am. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of, of school, you went to grad school in New York, correct? Mm-hmm. What was that whole transition like? Because, you oh, know, we go, yeah, we go from like small town <laughs> theater and now you're in New York. Well, I mean, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, but I was kind of rural, but still we were close. And um, I lived in Chicago for two years before I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I just decided that I wanted to go to grad school. I was waitressing still. 
at a hotel downtown, and this woman was being really mean to me. She kept sending her food back. And I just remember thinking, she's being mean to me, and I don't want to do this anymore. And so I just decided I was going to go to grad school, and I did the URDAs. And I auditioned for a few places, and a few places wanted me, but I had to think about my family. Like, mm. my husband was like, I do not want to, like, go live in the middle of Indiana. I do not want to go live in Arkansas. Like, he was very specific about not wanting to go live in very rural places because um, my husband's Puerto Rican, and he just was like, I, I don't want to do it. And we didn't want to do that. We loved being in the city and stuff. So um, when I got into a new school, I was like, we're going to New York. Mm-hmm. My daughter was seven when we moved to New York, and that was kind of hard, but she was in a really good school, and my husband kind of, um, he worked, but he kind of was like the number one parent. I had gone from being, you know, the the caretaking parent to 17-hour days, and I couldn't, Mm -hmm. so he really stepped up and, um, you know, really became the, the caretaking parent, and it was wonderful. Like, I'm so... I have a lot of student loan debt, (laughs) but I'm so glad that I did it. And I studied with some wonderful, wonderful human beings. Like where Whitewater gave me a foundation, the new school, NSD, taught me how to be an actor and Mm -hmm. how to conjure that. I mean, I took three years of voice lessons and dialects and dialects have never really been my strong suit. I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like, I need to make sure it's perfect before I do it. And a year of dialects and I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? And I'm super grateful for that. And I studied with some really wonderful people. Cotter Smith, he was on Mindhunters. Um, he played the FBI director on Mindhunters. He was my third year acting teacher. He um my thesis acting teacher and he was a dream. Ron Liebman, mm-hmm. who just passed away in December. Uh and I felt that one hard. Um he was the original Roy Cohn in Angels of America. And then he uh, was Rachel's dad and friends. He's like, my body of work, I've been working since I was a kid. And that's how people remember me. And that's bullshit. That's what Ron used to say. But <laughs> his wife was also in Arrested Development. <laughs> and he's just, he was an incredible teacher. Really, um, just some of the most amazing stories and and insights. And you just wanted to please him and, and, and do, good, do good work. And I super appreciate I went through back through my notebooks after he passed away and I was like I'm just gonna take these out every six months like put a reminder on my phone and just read through these because it really he 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 called out all bullshit you're he'd be like you're doing good job like this is good is it real no can I see through it yeah you know he was just very he was never mean never raised his voice even when he was cheering you out Thank God he never got me much, but like, you know, he chewed people out, but he, he never raised his voice about this. Hmm. So you, you couldn't hear, you could hear a pin drop in that room. A pin drop would have sounded like an elephant. He, the presence of command that that man held was, was more intense than anything I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he would just sit in a chair and just everybody would just wait. (laughs) What's wrong? So it was um, it was an incredible experience. I'm really grateful for it. Peter J. Hernandez, which or Peter J. Fernandez, sorry, don't at me, Peter J. Um, <laughs> was the first teacher of color that I had mm-hmm. ever, 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 like ever. not just theater, ever. just ever. ever. Wow. 
my first teacher. I mean, I had a few subs maybe in high school mm-hmm. or something yeah. that were of color, but he was the first teacher of color I ever had. My entire life, the first teacher of color that I had. And how did that feel for you maybe after that semester? Oh, I, was like, I knew right then. I was like, oh my gosh, we got a teacher of color. Like, I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I was so excited. Um, he just left the new school after seven or eight years. Um, not too long ago. I think this last year he left, but he's at Columbia now. Uh, but just the insights. He taught me something that I use still to this day. Are you in the world of the play? You can be doing the best work of your life. Are you in the world of this play with all these other people? Mm-hmm. And he used to tell people that all the time, like, that was great. Were you in the world of the play? No. And I use that constantly, like, you know, am I in the world of the play? Maybe. <laughs> you know, so you get those those little um, instances. And most of my teachers in New York were Stella Adler-based. But they were, like, first generation. They'd be like, you know, well, Lee and Sandy. And you'd be like, oh, my God, you're talking mm-hmm. about people. Like, this is wild. But most of them studied with Stella or Uda Hagen, mm-hmm. first person. So that was kind of cool to be like one step away, like, you know, one yeah. degree away from Stella mm-hmm. Adler and yeah. Uda Hagen and stuff. That was really neat. Um, but I'm a Stella Uda kind of gal. So for me um, to study with them and really delve in and for three years just do that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And <laughs> also, the thing that I'm most glad I did. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And how long were you in the grad school for? Three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what brought what what made you want to leave New York, or did you stay in New York after? I did. I stayed for a year, and then after a year after I graduated, right after I graduated from grad school, I was like, I don't want to look at theater. I don't want to think about theater. I don't want to do theater. I really? needed a break. I was so burnt out. My second year of grad school, I started getting facial spasms. I was sleeping like four hours a night. Like, it was tough. I mean, you're doing something. I had 25 credit hours, some shit like that. And then mm. I was doing like some, we, I did church of women in um, my second year of grad school. And there were some days where I would leave my house at 7.30, 7.15, and I wouldn't get home till 11.30. Mm. I mean, and I, I remember one night I was like, holy shit. I was like washing, my daughter was like, mom, yeah, I have clean underwear. And I was like, okay. And it was like 11.30 at night. I remember washing underwear out in the sink at like, like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, well, this is my life. I'm so tired. It gets, I've seen double. And it got to the point where I ended up having to go to urgent care because my I started getting like facial spasms. And she was like, the doctor was like, so, you know, what is, what's going on in your life? And I was like, well, you know, I'm in grad school. And she's like, what year are you? And I was like, I'm in my second year. She was like, oh, honey, how much are you sleeping? And I was like, um. <laughs> four five hours she's like you need to sleep and she like gave she like literally wrote a prescription and said show this to every single one of your teachers and just let them know you need to sleep Jeez. and i did I, I i had to go to each one of them and i was like i am cracking i need to sleep and so they were super they all they all knew i had a kid like it mm-hmm. wasn't a secret and they were very i never tried to use that as an excuse um but they were all very understanding when i'd be like hey my daughter's sick or things like that. So they were, they were pretty cool about it. But yeah, I, I started sleeping after that. <laughs> so then you, after that, you were oh, like, yeah. I need a break. I need Sorry, a break. Sorry, I was on a tangent. No, no, oh, no. Good. It's a good tangent. So I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to look at theater or see it or think about it. I just was really burnt out. I, I had just done three years of full-time study and I was like, I, I can't think about this right now. Yeah. I do that though. Like I haven't acted in like 
like really acted. I've done a couple of readings. I haven't acted in over a year. Um, I get a little where I just need a break. Mm-hmm. Like I still do three pros and I do all that stuff. I just stay on the the administrative side of things. But you know, sometimes I get a little. I I just need a break. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take a break. And so I didn't for a while. And I wanted to stay in New York. New York is also really, really expensive. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, Since when? Fun fact. Just, uh, fun fact. Fun our, fact. Our rent was sixteen seventy five for 550 square feet. We lived there four years. I love that apartment. Like, I cr- I bawled my eyes out when I left New York. I, I sobbed my little heart out. I'm going back. We're going back in March. I'm super excited. But I cried my little heart out. And I wanted to stay in New York, but it wasn't the best fit for my family. And then plus... You know, you start thinking about grandparents getting older and parents getting yeah. older and things like that. And it was like, my daughter was 11 at that time. And it was like, okay, either we need to commit to stay in New York or we need to come back to Chicago. And my husband and my daughter both wanted to come back to Chicago. And so um, it was 4th of July and we were trying to see fireworks and all the little towns around New York City, you have to pay if you're not a citizen of that town. <laughs> You're not a resident to see fireworks. I was like, this is so un-American. There you go. And Nate was like, this is perfectly American. So um, (laughs) we ended up going to the Jersey side of the Hudson, like near a Burger King. And we ended up like walking to this park and there was like a taco truck. But it was like real Mexican food. There's not a whole lot of Mexican food in New York, like real Mexican food. Yeah. But there was like a taco truck with real Mexican food. And I was like, <laughs> and we got some tacos and I was really excited about that. And we watched the fireworks and my brother's birthday is 4th of July. And I called him for his birthday. And then after I got off the phone, I just burst into tears. I was like, I want to go home. I want to move home. I don't want to be here anymore. And Nate was like, oh my God, I was waiting for you to say it first. But Bellamy and I talk about it all the time. Bellamy's my daughter. Bellamy and I talk about it all the time and we want to move back. And so we moved back in March. Mm-hmm. We actually left New York on my daughter's birthday. Like We left and came back to Chicago. Plus, we wanted to start a theater company, and that is not feasible in New York. Like, it's too expensive. It There's not enough venues that you can afford. I mean, we're talking, I knew people who did shows in New York who literally, $10,000 for one week run. I was like, huh? Mm, <laughs> our first show, our first show is like half of that cost. So, you know, and that was a big thing when Nate and I were in college, that we definitely want to start a theater company. Any particular reason why, or? No, I just wanted to tell stories and be in charge of that mm-hmm. and so when you get when you got to chicago how long did it take for three crows to start we moved back in march 2014 in september okay i said i walked out and i used to check the notices and go to auditions and things and i just wasn't super happy about the non-equity storefront things that i was seeing being produced not that it wasn't perfectly lovely work i just wasn't the stories that i wanted to tell and i walked into our living room one day and i said I'm tired. You want to start a theater company? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. And then by the end of the week, we had a name and I had applied for like our EIN and like I had signed up for a website and I started, I had, her, and I, um, <laughs> I paid our rent late so I could put down a deposit on a theater space. The old boho space may it rest in peace. Cause the building's gone. Oh. So I literally paid our rent late so I could take like five or six hundred dollars, whatever it was, so I could put the deposit down on Boho. Don't tell. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was like, like hey, I don't know. This is all on you. I don't know if I ever told him that, but I did it and I'm so happy I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he knows. 
And uh, what do you feel like? What what were the kind of stories you wanted to uh, to see told? If interesting I mean, ones, and, yeah. yeah. And but what is yeah? What I'm is not I'm not a super avant garde person. Like, there's a time and a place for it. Like, um, our last show that we did was Language of Angels, and I loved that show. I was going through pictures of it yesterday, and I was like, I loved this show. Like, mm-hmm. I love this show. Um, but I'm not a super like avant garde, like experimental for the sake of being experimental mm-hmm. kind of person. Yeah. And that's totally fine if you are, it's just not who I am. Um, I'm a salt of the earth, uh, you know, my mom was a bartender, my dad was a drywaller kind of gal. Mm-hmm. So um I wanted to tell fun I don't know, anything. I mean we we run the gamut. We tell a lot of history stuff, which is yeah. not on purpose. And everybody dies in all of our shows. And it's not on purpose either. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tell a lot of things. Um, Nate and I are both history buffs. And um, our daughter is too. And we just end up telling things that I we find interesting. Like our first show is the Beauty Queen of Lanon. Oh, that's the um, Martin McDonough. Martin play. McDonough. Yeah. And then that was also my thesis in grad school. My third year thesis. We did a thing in... in at new school where you picked a show and you just worked on it. You picked a character and you worked on it all year long. And then at the end you performed a scene from it. And I just knew that someday I wanted to do that show again because I never, you put in all the work and you only got to do a scene and you didn't get to do the full thing. And so yeah. I knew I wanted to do it. Our second show was Silent Sky by Lauren Gunderson. And then our third show was a show called Espresso, which nobody saw and someday we'll remount. <laughs> um, and it was, and it's an amazing show. It's a Canadian playwright. Uh, Lucia Frangioni, and it's a two-hander, 21 characters. There were times where I literally talked. I was I played three fully realized characters, Rosa, her stepmother, and then her grandmother, and I would have conversations with myself. Like, there would literally just be pages where it would all be highlighted, and I would be having conversations with myself. It's the hardest I've ever worked. Mm-hmm. That That show is the hardest I've ever worked, and you know, so we do stuff like that and like Language of Angels, which is, you know, told in, in flashback and, and it's in a cave and <laughs> really, you know, there's a lot of um, flashlights and glow paint and things like that. So, you know, it's just whatever we're attracted to at the moment. I mean, there are things that we want to do that we're like, oh, I don't know if we can do this yet. It's a really small cast. And, you know, there, there, are, it's not just things you want to do, but you have to look at it from a practical aspect. Like, yeah. How many people are in the show? Because the more people you have in a show tends to sell more tickets. And, um, you know, we used to be based here in Evanston, but we are moving to the Den for our next show. And so, you know, you have to think about that, like logistics. Will people in Evanston come see this show? Will people in the suburbs come see this show? Is this more of a Chicago show? So there's lots of things that go into picking a show. Who did this last? When was it done last? Who's doing it now? We searched high and low for our spring show and... I think our rights got denied like three times for different other wow. different things. And then everything I looked up, somebody either had just done it, was doing it, or was doing it like that right then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always uh, kind of a mind fuck because you're just trying to find. And then we're all kind of competing. Everybody's, you know, it's cyclical. We're all doing these things like um, John Robin Bates' other desert cities. Uh, Robbie was actually one of my teachers in grad school. I like wish I could see him right now. Just be like, you motherfucker, you're gonna like retire on this because it's literally been like one of the most done shows for like the last five years. I did it over the summer, so my <laughs> show before Language of Angels was Other Desert yeah. Cities. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just like I'm gonna email Robbie and just be like, 
she's doing it. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful show. It's just it's everywhere. So, um, you know, stuff like that. Like it, it's really hard to pick a show. Like you just can't pick something because you want to do it. Yeah. It's like we wanted to do Mackers this year. Like oh. nine other companies did it, and mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we're not doing Mackers. <laughs> this no, I'm not going to compete with nine other people. I hate to go on a little tangent, That's but. Okay. Um, a couple years ago, I took a class in, in, at Columbia, fun fact, and it was an introduction to theater in Chicago class. And one of the biggest assignment was you have to see three shows. And so I saw these shining lives oh, and I had to write an analysis and review about it. I remember that. You sent it yes, to me. Yes, I did send that I to you. I read it. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I did. I read, I read everything people send me. Mm. Don't well, send me everything people who are listening, but I do read. Yeah. Well, if you are, do it on a single PDF. <laughs> A single combined PDF with a 12-point font. Thank you. Yes. No but, comic sans. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I <laughs> loved it. Oh, thank um, you. And that was my end of my tangent. But I <laughs> uh, just wanted to say that. Uh, so back to Three Crows, I'm very curious. Do you guys see a growth in the, in your company? Has I know you you want to tell interesting stories, but has that goal changed a little bit in no. now the nine years? Okay. Um, well, it's been like four years. Four, four years. years. Never mind. Nine shows, four years. Four years. Nine, nine years. shows. Not nine years. years. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Um, I mean, we still are like, our tagline is we tell good stories. Like, that's what we want to do. We just want to tell good stories. Like, I really don't care. If I have to, you know, do everything myself, I, I don't care. We just want to tell good stories. I mean, what's the point? And if you're not having fun, you know. What's the point? We, I keep mm-hmm. laughing. We are very incestuous at Three Crows, and we didn't intend to be, but it's kind of, I think, the way things work out. We're all married to each other or, like, dating or engaged, and it's kind of fun. And we have a wonderful group of people. Like, I don't do this alone. Like like I said, Nate's there, and he's our TD. And then we have Becky. She's one of our co-founders, and um, she's our resident stage manager and, um, you know, production manager. And then um, we have Kristen, and she's a director, and she's a company member and board member, and Judy, and, you know, Sam and Kellyanne. And we have a wonderful stable of people who work with us, and I just trust them implicitly. They'll come to me and ask me things, and I'm like, how much is it going to cost? I trust you. Do what you need to do. Because I don't know lights and sound and things like that. So I love this stable of people and our theater family that we – Sort of. Some people just worked with us and just never left. And other people <laughs> have come in, worked with us a couple of times and been like, hey, can I can I join now? Because, like, I really like being here. And you feed. we always have tacos for, um, we have tacos for uh, Loaded and we have pizza for Strike. So, you know, so we have a, we have a really, we have a good time. We have a one, we have a wonderful set of theater, Three Crows Theater family around us. And I love them all immensely. <laughs> Jake. Did I answer your question? I don't know if I yes, answered you did. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we found an answer. Jake, I'm curious. Um, you were, like we said, you were in Language of Angels. Yes, this is um, true. What about that script really inspired you or made you want to work on this show? Um, it was such a unique script. Like, because I think for the the auditions, which was fun, is we got to do stuff from the show, yeah, which we is always, always do. We don't do monologues. We always do um, sides from the show. Okay. Which for me, though, because the character only spoke in monologues, yeah. <laughs> monologue. I did actually do a monologue. And um, 
uh, I don't know. I just, it was just beautiful language. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just beautiful language. Uh, Naomi Azuka, it's like, it's it's weird. It's it does delve into that kind of artsy world, mm-hmm. but there's something grounded in it. It takes place in Appalachia and just I don't know. I was like, I know, I know these people, I know this world, I or I think I do. Um, and it was fun. And I actually hadn't uh, just last year I hadn't I hadn't been in stuff for a little while and had been getting back into stuff. So like I saw this show and I was like, Oh, this seems like a show, and there were some a couple different roles where I'm like, I could fit that and yeah, and it was just a really nice, warm audition room, and I really, yeah, I think that's that's what drew me to it. Is like, oh, I, I, after I read the sides, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't there for your audition, but nice. I did get a call because I was in Indianapolis, metropolitan of Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. uh, my best friend's husband was doing a convention, and so I went to visit her, and I. <laughs> accidentally scheduled auditions for the same day. Nice. Oh, nice. So I was there. We had like Thursday and like Sunday or something like that. And I was there for the Thursday, but I wasn't there for the Sunday. But I remember I asked my husband, I was like, so how did it go? And he was like, oh, he's like, we found, we found a Seth. <laughs> he's it. And I was like, okay, great. And that was Jake. So oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah he, we were, I was, he, he and Kristen cast that one and they were really, really excited about everybody. I, was, a, I love that cast. It was a good group. It was a fun group really and nice. a talented group. Okay. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, we're going to wrap up soon, but I do hear you have a production coming up. I or think you would ask. <laughs> I knew this. Uh, it's called The Danish Play. Uh, tell us a little about it. Oh, I don't know how much time you have. Um, so The Danish Play is... Oh, the Danish Play is by Sunny Mills. Okay. Um... It was published in 2002. It's no longer in print. Uh, Sunny is Danish and moved to Canada when they were nine and knew they had an aunt in the resistance in World War II and at some point got a hold of some journals and, and some things and realized that this aunt was active in World War II or in the resistance in World War II, but then also was arrested and tortured by the Gestapo and then imprisoned in Falsep and then sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp, survived the concentration camp. And then some really shitty things happened afterwards and her life just never um, was peaceful. And it's this amazing, Sunny has done an amazing job. And the way I came about this show is really kind of funny. Um, I'd been looking for shows and reading things and reading things. I couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. And I was getting kind of ticked and applied for rights for a couple of things and they got denied. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to look at the Playwrights Guild of Canada because all of those Americans are like trying to find, fight at the same shows. Let me see what I can find. So I found a show by Kate Hennig and I was like, ooh, this book's neat. Like Lifeline or Timeline's doing it. I was like, damn it. No. <laughs> and then in her bio, it said something about the Danish play by Sonny Mills. And I was like, well, what is this? And I read one page I found online and I was like, oh, I'm going to need to do this show. There I tried to find Sonny. Could not find Sonny. Couldn't find them anywhere. Um, Looking everywhere, social media, I finally reached out to the company, the theater, and the publisher and was hopeful that I would get somebody to contact me back. 
Eventually, a couple days later, the publisher got back to me and said, I have an email. Do you mind if I forward your stuff? And I said, sure. Like a day or two later, I got an email from Sunny. Selena, I heard you wanted to do my play. And I was like, yes, okay, I love this play. Hmm. I hadn't even read it. I literally read a synopsis, a couple of reviews, and one page. And then I um, bought the last copy that actually came from the Columbia College Chicago Library. Shout out. And um, I read this play, and I it wasn't anything of what I thought it was going to be. It's beautiful. Uh, Uneda, um, Sunny's great aunt, was a poet and a playwright. She worked in an underground newspaper doing underground films. Um all this stuff and she just wrote the most amazing and heartbreaking poetry which some of it is in there it's a few of them but it's she she just is this amazing human being i actually got a package from sunny today all the way from canada got stuck in american customs thank you um but they sent me the white file like the danish white file of uneda and i opened it they sent me Uneda's journal. Wow. With some translated poems, but also original poems that I could touch. And I just burst into tears. Like, I'm, I'm going to cry right now. But mm. um, sent me different letters that people, Sunny had reached out to and was like, you know, what can you tell me about Uneda? And literally got these wonderful responses where this one man said, I'm going to cry, but he said, in 90 years, or... Uneda is one of the best people I've ever met. And in my 90 years, I've met a lot. And I just, like, I couldn't, I, like, couldn't handle it. I started crying. So Uneda Addison is the um, the subject of the Danish play. And her life was remarkable, and it was sad. But her story deserves to be told because it, it, it's so it's so important. And I'm one of those people that I believe that we have to tell those stories. And when those stories go unnoticed and un, there is no attention to those things. You know, those those quiet acts and maybe not so quiet acts of resistance and heroism. And it also does talk about her post life PTSD and her post her post war PTSD and the life that she had to leave after that. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you get you know? beaten, tortured by the Gestapo, and then go to a concentration camp where you're eating a, a piece of bread a day and you're watching all these horrible things, how do you just get yourself back into society and la, 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 let me just get on with my life? I mean, I'm sure there were people who who, who did, but she wasn't one of them. So, Sunny, I could not believe it. It was more than anything I could have imagined when I opened this box and I was like, holy motherfucker. Like, it was just, it was incredible. And it was so detailed and articulate and there's like post-its and notes and it was like selena goodies are here and sunny's actually coming down and they are going to do um some talkbacks and see the show and all this and this is only this is the u.s premiere this is the only the second time it's ever been done it was done to great accolades in canada and they remounted it and then nobody touched it for years and years and years into until insomnia selena decided (laughs) to track it down and i'm so glad i did i'm so glad that sunny um trusted us to tell Oneda's story and I'm really, really, really excited. And we're gonna be at the den. So we're super excited about that. That's very cool. And so, when are the dates? Um April 16th through May 10th. Okay. So folks, you gotta get your tickets for that. And it's free because we're pay what you can. We didn't ever mention that. Oh yeah, yes. that's right. Yes. That's right. You are pay what you can. 
We are. So it's completely free. I mean, you can just pay whatever you want. If you have 50 cents or a dollar or whatever else, we don't care. We just want butts and seats. I like to tell people, uh, go see the show, and then it'll be good, and then donate what you think it's, what you, the entertainment you got That's for it. And, yeah. and Nate always says, um, you know, he's always like, well, you don't have to pay for anything. It's whatever you're worth. We did that once with a show, um, and this man, he pulled a 20 out of his pocket. He slammed it down the counter. He said, that shit was too good not to pay for. And just, like, <laughs> turned around and walked out. And I was like, well, and I think that's my favorite compliment that we've ever received. Put that on the poster. <laughs> that shit was too, <laughs> too good, good not to pay, pay for. for. <laughs> well, we do have some time left. We are going to do a bit of a game. Cool. It is called Time for Two. Uh, two minutes on the clock. Uh, biggest questions, they're not very hard, to be honest. <laughs> Jake, Jake, I did these on Jake, and they were hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you want to start? Oh, are we alternating? Is that, how's this work? We're oh, okay. alternating. <laughs> so it's just quick answers, right? How yeah. many we can get to in two minutes, okay? Cool. Yeah. Do you want to start this one? I'm ready. Yeah, sure. Three, two, one, go. Do you play video games? No. Is the floor lava? What? <laughs> Is the floor lava? No. Uh, Did you suck your thumb as a child? No. Have you ever had mom's spaghetti? Uh, no. M&M or M&M's? M&M's. Fruit salad or hot potato? Hot potato. Uh, Burt Reynolds or Turt Ferguson? (laughs) I actually just watched that the other day, so I'm going to go with turd. (laughs) Uh, Turkey or ham? Ham. Uh, What's going to work? Um... I don't know. <laughs> right. Clearly, I wrote that question drunk. Uh, uh, e equals MC squared. Uh, if you had to choose an emoji to describe your life, what would it be? I don't emoji. I like to do things like unicorn, bird, ice cream cone. There you go. There we go. Uh, do you collect anything? Uh, I collect all kinds of things. <laughs> I collect books. Um, worst job you've ever had? I worked at the International Star Registry, and I sold stars. <laughs> do you like your how do you like your eggs um i like them over medium or poached uh <laughs> did you leave did you leave the fridge open uh no i'm a mom i don't do that okay. who let the dogs out uh today i took my dog out are you a rock or a hard place Ooh, i'm a rock Ooh. uh what is the strangest call you've gotten the strangest call i've ever received yeah um, I had this dude named Terry once trying to find somebody and she wrong numbered him and he kept calling and did not believe that it was me. And so finally I had to send him a dear John letter and I never even met this motherfucker. And I was like, dude, I'm real sorry. But he like kept calling and calling and calling and calling. It was like, it was like weeks. And finally I was like, yo, we have to have a talk. I had to dear John letter him and I did never even met him. Uh, finally, uh, who could it be now? Who could it be now? And that's how we end it. <laughs> what an ending. What an ending. I knew that one. I knew one of these was going to work. <laughs> uh, these were all the new ones I wrote, by the way. The Terry story is pretty good. And that happened a long time ago. And I totally mm. forgot about yes. that. Yes. Uh, before we go, we have one final question. It's a pretty easy one. Uh, Selena. Yes. Are your parents proud of you? I hope so. <laughs> there we go. You're making me cry. Oh. Oh. You know, I hope every... My, you know, like I said, my dad died 12 years ago, so I hope every day he's proud. But I know he is because he didn't have super high expectations, but <laughs> I think he is. I'm, you know, happy and I see signs of him every day, you know, every time that I walk into a store and Stevie Ray Vaughan plays or, you know, all of a sudden the blues come on when they were previously playing like Britney Spears or something. I'm like, okay. You're there. Thanks. That's awesome.
Well, Selena, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Uh, folks, come go see the Danish play at Three Crows. I'm going to be in it. She's going to be in it. In this one. I haven't done it in a little while with us, so I'm pretty excited. I'm in this one. So now you have a reason to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Selena. Thank you. And we are back. Well, she seemed like a very lovely person. That was delightful. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you've got to work with her, and this they seem like a great company to work with. So. Yeah, and I think they're doing cool stuff. Like she said, the Danish play, I think it's... It sounds amazing. And a U.S. premiere? Come on. Well, you can't go wrong, and it's a pay what you can. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, so my thanks to Jake Jones for being with us today. Jake, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was an honor. It was a privilege. <laughs> you want to thank the Academy. Academy. I uh, thank the Evanston Public Library. Thank you, Evanston. Uh, Jake is Jeff nominated for this role. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You might. We'll submit. Uh, and you I got a potty. You got, oh, do you really? No, no. I, I pod podcast award. They're called the potties. Do you really? You have an award? No, it's not. Not a real oh. thing. I just made that up. Jay, I can't tell if you're lying or you're Casty. Anyway, uh, get out of here, you. <laughs> okay, and, and no, bye. no, don't leave, bye. folks. If you like this, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram at uh, Parents Proud Podcast. You can email us at parentsproud at gmail.com. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, Connor will be back soon, but in the meantime, more to come. I am Matthew Schufreiter. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. And P.S. My thanks to Griffin Corgo, the Spice Maker.